Welcome, everyone, to Bonus 64. This is the special show courtesy of our wonderful Patreon supporters in which uh, we get some guests to come on and play a game with us. Any old game in the world, anything they want to talk about. It's very exciting. It can be such random stuff every single time, and I'm always excited to see what it is. My name is Steve Guntley, and I'm wearing a long red duster for people who can't see it. Hello, this is Woody Siskowski, Cowboy Ninja, with uh, three belts over my face. So if I come out a little muffled, that is why. You can't have too many belts over your face. I've learned that from this game. Yeah. You can't have too many. No, that, uh, that's a handy thing. Anytime you see me out thrifting, I am just perusing for belts to put over my face. So. <laughs> like a regular, uh, regular Cenobite. Um, all right. Well, we are joined today by two of our very favorites uh, coming all the way from Australia. We have uh, Elliot J. O'Neill and BT Calloway back on the show. Welcome, guys. Pew, pew, pew. Hey, slash, slash, slash. Oh, this podcast <laughs> ain't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> Fine, I'll go. <laughs> oh, no, come back. Oh, come back. Uh, so... I'm very excited. Oh, go ahead. Buddy. Yeah, my, my question is, uh, this game takes place in Australia, Yes. Like, uh, you guys are full of bamboo and Old West-style saloons, mm -hmm. and, like... Yeah, about circa 20, uh, 2002, I think. Yeah. Okay. okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like um, old-timey, old like, kung fu teachers, those are all areas of Australia. I mean, it's a big continent, right? Yeah, our, our aesthetic is Kill Bill, and... Okay. <laughs> Yeah, if you go into with the a middle, little bit of Borderlands thrown in, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in the middle is Mad Max. At the middle top is Borderlands. You have to go to like the middle far right, sorry, far left to get to uh, this game. Yeah, <laughs> okay, you can you can find it. Bit of a niche. Yeah, you got to dig around. You got to dig around. Yeah. So the game that you guys chose for us to play this time is Red Steel Two, uh, a game I had not played before. I'm very excited to get into it. Why did you guys choose Red Steel Two? And why not Red Steel 1? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I haven't played Red Steel 1. Uh, BT will be our correspondent on that one. Yeah, um, perfect. No, this is a game that deeply fascinates me. You know, when I come on your show, I want to, you know, obviously avoid Wii U and N64 games because, you know, sure, that's a thing. Sure. And also because of the Patreon show, you know, um, I want to avoid the deep dives into franchises. You know, I could and I might in the future still talk your ear off about Mortal Kombat Deception. A okay. Perfect, a perfect <laughs> game in my mind, um, but no. So I, I want to, you know, explore the oddities, and you know, I feel like I've done that in the past with, you know, House of the Dead, Overkill, and mm, Wild yeah. Golf, and all that. And yeah, Red Steel Two is one of these oddities, which, uh, for video game preservation, uh, might eventually not exist because of its yeah. weird ass control scheme and yeah it is one of these games that at the time when it was coming out in develop i i tracked the development cycle very closely i was very excited for this game and i remember at the time yeah being so uh wowed that it even worked <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right and, and so yeah i wanted to see how it held up today and certain elements don't hold up but you know what i really had a fun time with my replay on this one I think you know, that I, this game that you've identified as, I like your terminology of oddity here, except I think that this game is in a unique spot because it's not the oddity in like, play this game, it's so weird type of vibe. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. really have the making of like a bizarre sort of cult game yeah. the way like, you know, Captain Noblin or something does of just like, I'm going to weird people out with this game. It kind mm. of feels like a very just basic sort of, in in the trenches type of B or C level game 
that, like you said, um, tends to get forgotten later. So I'm, I'm glad that you chose it. Mm. And I've, yeah, I mean, I knew about Red Steel 1 because mm. the story with Red Steel 1 was that when, when the Wii first came out, when they first kind of announced this motion control technology and you see the controller and everything, the first place everybody's mind goes to is like, oh, I can, I can use a sword, right? This is like yeah. a sword fighting thing. Like I can have a lightsaber. I can have like Star Wars powers, you know, like that was kind of the first place that people went when that technology was announced. Mm -hmm. And Red Steel was the first game that was going to like capitalize on that. It's like a half first person shooter, half sword adventure, uh, you know, and it was really going to show off this technology. The problem is it, it launched with the Wii when the technology was at its uh, lowest ebb, I would say, was at the, yep. the least responsive, needed the most calibrating. And uh, that game just kind of came away. It, it, it like sold well because there weren't really any other options at the moment. It was either Twilight Princess or Red Steel is kind of all you yeah, were playing. Yeah, because like tons and tons of people had Wiis that they got with Wii Sports. And then once they had, you know, been bowling a hundred times, they're like, okay, I'm ready for something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because I remember, so, like, BT, you were like yeah. an early adopter of the Wii oh, yeah. and you'd bring it around to our parties. And I remember when you brought around... Uh, Red Steel 1, and you showed us that, like, when you tilted the control, you could point your gun sideways, and it was like, yeah. ah, that's so cool. The future is here! <laughs> <laughs> now I could be as inaccurate in real life as I would be if I were actually <laughs> holding the gun this way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, all right, so BT, tell us a little bit about Red Steel 1, since I think you're the only one of the four of us that's actually had some hands-on time with it. Like, from yeah, what yeah. I was kind of reading, it's just like it didn't super work that well. That's, that's fair enough. Yeah, look, it helps a lot of flack, and I actually have a lot of fond memories of playing through that game, mostly for the gunplay, which did work from memory, at least. It's been, you know, 45 years. Uh, but <laughs> it was like playing through, a, you know, like a John Woo film. It kind of gave you enough ammunition. You could just throw bullets around. You could, you know, destruct the environment, throw confetti in the air, and take out enemies. Enemies could be, you know, you could turn the gun on the side. You could uh, give them a little, like, wave-along move. Once you disarmed someone, they would uh, run away if you gave them a little oh, wave cool. with, the, with the gun. Um, so yeah, what really didn't work and what kind of definitely killed it was the sword controls because they would only trigger in like boss fights and certain areas. And I remember getting stuck on a training mode where I'm following the motions exactly and it's just not registering. And oh. you just had to, you know, go online, check the forums, like, no, no, you need to recalibrate and then try again and recalibrate and try again and just keep trying. You will get there. But yeah, so that was a pain in the ass. Uh, but I remember the gunplay being a lot of fun and pretty pretty accurate as well. Because, uh, again, even though the game encouraged you to throw bullets around like crazy to get, like, 100%, you had to get, you know, 98% accuracy on every level. Mm. So. I but, so, but you couldn't use the in... sword except in boss battles, right? Yeah, the did katana that... only came out in boss battles, and that was it. See that? So, yeah, yeah, wow, I did not know that part. That feels like a wasted yeah. opportunity. To yeah. my memory, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Because, um, yeah, it was then, oh, you'd, you'd shoot through a whole bunch of guys, and then you'd get to, like, an end-level boss, and, like, okay, now you're dealing with a katana. I was like, okay, cool. Why doesn't it work? Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised setting this game up in the location that I'm at now. Because, um, you know, I had all my Wii stuff, like, kind of set up well, but then I was, I had to go elsewhere for the weekend, so I brought my Wii with me to play this game. And the amount of work and, like, tinkering that's involved in getting, like, the sensor to be in the right place, and you, like, mm. put it on top yeah. of your TV and then move it below your TV, and then you're trying mm. to switch the setting with it set wrong, and you're like, ah, yeah. this is so frustrating. So it took me about 20 minutes to actually get this where I felt like it was being responsive. I had to, like, 
take a bunch of masking tape and tape the sensor to the bottom of the TV. Since it's, <laughs> uh, all, yeah, since it's hung on the wall. And I, I really do have a fondness for the Wii, but it's like so often I will get excited about one of the games for it. And it's just not, I feel like it's not as fun as it should be. Like the concept of just waving a sword around and using it to aim as a gun always sort of draws me in. Um, mm. But then you then just you kind of progressively, <laughs> yeah, you progressively realize like how inaccurate so much of the motion controls are, even with the motion plus that they never mm. quite get the feeling of like depth and precision that you want. I don't know. You just eventually it all ends up as this frantic, frantic waggle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it, they can devolve into that. And I think the the better, the best Wii games are the ones that kind of like move, move effortlessly enough for you to mm. still enjoy it, even with some of the technical hangups. And I think Red Steel 2 nails that vibe. Like, I wanted to keep playing it just because it's so swift moving. And like, mm. it's all like kind of short little bursts of, uh, of narrative and then just like lots and lots of chaotic gunplay. And I, I never got bored with it, and I kept, like, feeling a propulsive sense of, like, moving forward. But w were I not, like, drawn in, I think the motion controls might have, like, tripped me mm. up. I might have just, like, stopped playing. Yeah, absolutely. There was a point early on where, like, dealing with the janky controls, I was feeling, oh, shit, should have I just said Wordle or something instead of this? <laughs> oh, have I doomed us to a bad game? But, no, once you get the hang of it, and once, mm. like especially the timing of your movement as well like yeah. and the demonstrations like as disruptive as they are to the initial gameplay all the tutorial stuff like just having that uh lady with the just showing how you know you <laughs> need to fluidly swing like is mm -hmm. very helpful to did you guys get the bullshit three minute video when you first yes. booted up this game about how to set up your Wii Motion Plus, the little yeah. like the tiny little plug-in on the bottom of your Wii yeah. and it they divided it into three sections. It's how to attach, how to oh. detach, de and then how to use. And like they make sure to enforce that you use the little plastic Wii condom the whole time. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh mm -hmm. my god, that's like. That's one of the worst things about the Wii is the way that yeah. it seems to think you are unable to understand the most basic mechanics <laughs> of like I mean, holding tightly onto a piece of plastic. Like, I, 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 just, I agree I, in the sense. Yeah. I agree in the sense that I am a sensible person and I know how to hold onto a thing I'm swinging at my television. All the sure. damaged TVs you saw on the internet from people who did not understand that concept makes me go, okay, fair enough. And I, yeah. I wonder how many of those were like yeah, legit stories and how many were were apocryphal. But like you do see a lot of images of like a Wiimote sticking out of a TV like fucking King Arthur's sword, you know. So like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've always been afraid of that happening, but it's never come close to happening. Yeah. Yeah. But with all the peripherals with the Wii as well, like sometimes it is like fucking building Lego or whatever to, you know, start yeah. a game. <laughs> Yeah. It definitely can be. Um, well, let's let's break down this game a little bit. I've got a little bit of history that we haven't covered yet. Uh, Red Steel 2 was released March 23rd, 2010. It was developed by Ubisoft happy Paris, published by Ubisoft. Hey, happy birthday. Hello. And published by Ubisoft, and it is a Wii exclusive. So, uh, yeah, so this is a totally standalone game. You don't need mm -hmm. to have played the original at all to understand what's going on And it's here. recommended that you don't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So like the the original Red Steel, correct me if I'm wrong, BT, but this was like a, it was a modern day kind of mm -hmm. like a Yakuza story, right? Like Bingo. you were a bodyguard 
And and it didn't have the cell shaded graphics that this one had. Yep. It was going for kind of more of a realistic action movie approach, right? Yeah. Uh, Yakuza kidnap your fiance and you got to sort them up to get it back. Yeah. So, I mean, aside from like the use of these specific weapons, there's really very little connective thread between these two games. But, you know, like uh, the game came out in 2006 as a launch game. Reviews were very mixed, most complaining that the the game just wasn't very functional and the sword controls were really disappointing. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of a lack of competition, but the game sold quite well, which led to Nintendo greenlighting a sequel in 2008. So for the sequel, the team wanted to start completely fresh uh, and address all of the concerns that people had for the first game. Now, the first goal was to make the action much, much more accurate and to incorporate the sword a lot more. Mm-hmm. And luckily, Nintendo had just developed a peripheral that helped address those issues. And that is Steve, the Wii Motion is Plus. game, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. I thought I thought you were saying it was a first-person or first-party <gasps> Nintendo game. Oh, no, no, no. But Nintendo had developed a first-party peripheral like yeah with the Wii Motion right, yeah. Plus. So, okay. uh that came out in 2009. It launched as a pack-in game with Tiger Woods PGA Tour 10, which is the reason I own that game. I have no I've never voluntarily bought a golf game that wasn't <laughs> to fill out a collection except for that one, and uh, I played it quite a bit. It's fun. It but, was like yeah, the basically- Wii Play for the Wii Motion Plus. Yeah, yeah, kinda. Yeah, it was that. Like yeah. it had disc golf and stuff like that that you can play, and it it, no. it really was a nice like showcase for what this yeah. thing does. Basically, if you haven't seen one of these, it's kind of like a little magazine that you clip into the bottom of your Wii Mode, makes it like a I don't know two inches longer, and it has a little gyroscope inside to help kind of st- stabilize your motion controls and kind of help make them more accurate. And I, it's it's like a noticeable improvement, right? Like it's I, I feel like it's one like of those a physical p- it's a physical hardware patch. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it, it's like the kind of thing that would be like downloaded as software in you know if it wasn't a actual a like gyroscope. something that yeah if it wasn't a gyroscope because it's basically saying hey we know the Wiimote doesn't work very well but right like, why not spend fifty dollars and get this thing that will make it work a little it's, better. It's yeah. really frustrating because it does like it's such a noticeable difference that it makes all other like non Wii Motion Plus controllers obsolete, and it is frustrating that we didn't get that a little sooner mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's just like this would yeah. have made so many different experiences. And then weirdly, I was looking at it; there aren't even that many Wii games that utilize it. Like I thought I that was just like like it's it's forty games. That's what I say. And then there's like another twelve Wii U games or something like that. But like. I was so else, pissed like, off, like, because I bought mine, it was a pack-in with Wii Sports Resort, and, uh, like, I got it home and played through that, and I'm like, oh, this has revolutionized the, the Wii, this is gonna, <laughs> this is given it second life, went out, yeah. bought three of these fucking Motion Plus condoms, and <laughs> then, like, no more than a year later that they made the edition where it was just built into a regular uh, Wii remote, and I was like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I had just assumed that once this peripheral was released, it's like, okay, well, this is, I can just use this to make every game more accurate. And that's not yeah. the case. Like, it, it has to be, like, developed with this device in mind, which is mm. really frustrating because there are some games I really would like to play with more accurate controls that uh, were not available to me yet. But either mm. way, I was a big fan of this peripheral. Uh, yeah, and like you said, uh, I think within... A year, maybe two years, they started just release, re-releasing uh, the Wii Motes with the Wii Motion Plus packed into it already. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of back to the original size. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but this did help a lot with uh, the accuracy issues that the Red Steel team was looking to correct. 
And uh, so they, they, you know, incorporate it with that. I think the most expansive use of this peripheral after this game is Skyward Sword, probably. Mm-hmm. I think those, are, and Wii Sports yeah. Resort, I think are the games yeah. that use this thing the most. Yeah, now that you mention it, that's when they started including the Motion Plus inside the controller is with uh, mm-hmm. launching with Skyward Sword and the gold Wii remote. Yep. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yep. And, and this is one of... Is- which, fun fact, the gold Wii remote is the only Wii remote I have that doesn't work anymore. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> That's a bummer. I mean, it's fitting, because that game sucks, too, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, um, I was actually going to ask, just quickly, um, did any of you play the Skyward Sword remake? And if so, did you do it with motion controls or the sticks? I did not. I imagine if I were to do that, I would not do the motion controls, because that... Well, there are a lot of reasons I didn't want to keep playing that game. The you know, the the pacing of it is absolute mm. garbage. It's like the slowest start to any game ever. It drives me nuts. But the motion controls really weren't helping. Mm. Like motion I, yeah, flight just felt really arduous. My friend Rosie got that game and she had played through like all of the Zeldas at that point and just got to a point where she's like, this game does not work. Like the controls are not responsive. I can't swing. And she just stopped playing it. So I had... And I was annoyed by the slow start time of Twilight Princess. So yeah. like, oh, yeah. I know that Skyward Sword would really drive me nuts. Yeah. yeah. It... No, because the um, I felt like, weirdly, the Switch motion controls were... I don't know, maybe it's just my memory, but were less accurate than the Wii's uh, motion plus. Oh. So, yeah. I ended up going to stick controls. And, yeah, you're right. That intro is brutal. But it, it's... <laughs> Uh, it's such a game of mix, like because yeah. some of the best dungeons in the series, honestly. But the connective tissue is woeful. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like I've I've tried and failed to start that game like five different times. I think I've made it mm. as far as the forest temple, and that's like as far as I've ever gotten. So I don't know. I, I just I get so tuned out with that game. Uh, but yep, Red yeah. Steel Two is one of only three third party games to require the use of the Wii Motion Plus. So that's oh, wow. you know. Yeah, I think the other two are like uh, Zumba games or something. Like it's it's something really <laughs> random. Like you wouldn't want to play them. Mm. Uh, but you know this this game felt so entirely different when it came together with the new controls that the developers just went in a whole new direction, new aesthetic, new everything. They kept the title, and that's kind of about it. Um, Which may so have sp- been may have been like to their detriment because yeah. the first game is an example of a game that sold well due to circumstance. Like, it yeah. was the game that was out there, and the concept of a first-person game where you could shoot at the screen and use a sword seemed exciting. And then yeah. the game itself was not that good. And so to release a sequel and only keep the name, mm. you're essentially just like, oh, yeah, I remember Red Steel. That was the game that wasn't that fun. <laughs> and so right. really they could have, like, found some other new title for this game, which I, I don't know what, but... Uh, Crimson like, Metal. Yeah, that's a great one right there. That's perfect. I mean, yeah, that, that, I think that's what you would want to do. Like brand this as like a spiritual successor to that, mm. but like really hype up the super accurate controls and uh, kind of go off in its own direction. Because this could have been, you know, Crim- Crimson Metal 2, Crimson Metal 3. You, know, you could have yeah. started off with the new franchise from here and let people kind of forget that red steel sort of ever happened or something that explores the setting in a meaningful way you know something that makes it clear what this because this game has a pretty unique aesthetic which is pretty silly but i think it works pretty well it's essentially like is does it ever tell us where this game is located or it just kind of you're thrown into it's 
it's kind of like vaguely futuristic yeah. uh old west samurai yeah it's, yeah. it's kind of it's so kind of country. all of that and yeah, i actually wherever. really i in the I love that of they, Japan. <laughs> I, I love that they don't actually go to any effort to explain to you what's going on, where you are. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, we don't have to learn about some cataclysm that made everybody have to wear cowboy hats. I don't know. Like, <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have to worry about the details of that. It's just like, hey, this is a weird world. We're just throwing mm. some shit together and making it look cool. Come play. You its, know? It's, to its benefit, I think that kind of gives you the sense of you don't have to tell the character. The character knows where they are. And it's yeah, just, yeah. Just because I don't doesn't mean it doesn't make sense to them. Mm. You know, yeah, why exactly. Do people hide coins in literally everything, and I can just shoot it. <laughs> I don't know. Do these people where, hide who money? Is this, who is the sheriff who keeps leaving his badge everywhere? I keep having to shoot his badge <laughs> out of the sky, and he keeps like yep. forgetting it. That feels like a negligent law enforcement. <laughs> you know but the hey, basic, the ba- basic plot that we town. get here. Oh yeah. <laughs> The basic plot that we get here is, uh, yeah, just kind of blending post-apocalyptic Western and sci-fi tropes. There's a great sequence in the opening where your character wakes up. He's nameless, faceless. Uh, we never actually learn his name. And uh, he, he wakes the up last in the desert. Kusagari or something. like. Yeah, yeah, he's the last I... member. Yeah, I think it's the Kusagari. And I was surprised mm-hmm. that when BT described the first Red Steel that it was a totally different game because you mm-hmm. do get the vibe when you play this, that there is this long history between you and these other characters and whatever this Mm. tribe that you're from is. But apparently that's just kind of part of the backstory is like, you just kind of are assumed that you you can kind of get into that and Mm. it has nothing to do with the first game, which I think works well. And now that I know that I'm not missing anything from the first game, I (laughs) kind of just enjoy that aesthetic. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry, sorry, Steve. I was I was interrupting you getting dragged around on a motorcycle. Yeah. That's oh cool. yeah, no, that's just what I was gonna say. It was just a cool segment where you are being dragged, like road hauled behind a motorcycle through a city. Like you have to dodge cacti and everything. You're not in control of this part, but you're like dodging it. And then you yeah, need to shoot the guy who's like dragging you, and and you escape from there. And it's kind of just like a long uh, uh, quest to you know regain your skills. Like you've got some amnesia, but that's not really an important part of the plot. Like. It's all pretty loose and pretty pulpy and really, really mm-hmm. silly. Like, I, I like that no matter where you are, like wherever you find a headquarters, like your your sensei is just there. Yeah. Like he just appears. You have like yeah. ten different headquarters, sometimes days apart from each other. He's always just there. Like they're they're not worried about like too much continuity or about building yeah. uh, too much sympathy or, or any kind of uh, uh, association with these characters. They're just sort of loud, dumb, pulpy uh, action tropes, and that's great. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good approach for this. I think yeah, no, that right. the, I'm sorry. Um, I think that the motorcycle chase is like a good example of one of the very, the small issues that I had with this game was there's a lot of very cool segments in this game that it doesn't let you play. Like, Oh, sure. Sort of <laughs> yeah. Enemies that sort of pop out and you do this like awesome slash on them in the cutscene, And it's like, or like jump up high in the air. Or there's another section where you're, riding on top of some guy's truck going in and out of the windows and like they give you sort of the very rudimentary like cutscenes of like press a and swing left at the same time but mm. i wish that there had been a little more there because the or like that motorcycle drag at the beginning even if you mm. can't fail it it would have been nice to like try to move your character so you actually do dodge the cactuses or something so you feel a little more put into the character um, because it seems like because everything is only programmed for you to walk around on the ground. 
Well, and we we do like we do get some quick quick time events later, which is it is yeah. kind of strange that this opening one doesn't utilize like quick time features because it, it feels like it's set up for it. Uh, maybe yeah, they decided the, against it. Yeah. One of the notes I remember from the first playthrough was there is one sequence where there's QTEs, and as much as I hate quick time events. If you're going to do them, do them consistently, because then I couldn't relax during a cutscene anymore. So, yeah, right. Like, they might drop it on my head. I don't know. I'm very much a type of like, oh, cutscene. Okay, put down controller, check phone. Okay, yeah, what's yeah. going on? And then I die a lot that way. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's you got to be careful. Yeah, All right, so, I mean, once. the the gameplay here is actually pretty simple, like, in description. It's just you're kind of... It's a first-person game. You're walking around. You can... Uh, uh, like hold your Wiimote up like a sword to bring out your katana and then you can slash around with some pretty accurate uh, uh, motion controls. Or you can point your Wiimote to the screen to have a reticle and that's where you do all of your target shooting. And again, you're, pretty you accurate. Switch, you switch instantly between the gun and the katana. Like regardless yeah. of what weapon you're holding at the time, if you press the trigger button, you'll shoot. And if yeah. you swing swing your uh, Wiimote around, your sword, you'll slash. So you have an instant weapon switch, which I think works works really well. Um, yeah. yeah. It definitely... There was a lot of, was a lot of good moments where you can uh, hold your sword up to block, and then meanwhile you start aiming, so you can, the second you're done with a block, shoot a guy in the leg and uh, knock him down. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, once my... you get the hang of the moves, like, there is a lot to learn, but then... There is a point, the the badass moment where it's like, yeah, all comes together. Yeah, you've done the block, you did the shoot, you've also got the move where you can stab the guy who's coming behind you, and then oh yeah, finish off the guy in front. Yeah, there is that moment. It does take a long time to get there, though. I will say for for a game that says like kind of simple on paper, you really have to go through a whole lot of training modes in this game. Yeah, like a lot, Ooh. a lot of training modes. Like, like kind of every time. <laughs> You complete like a main mission quest and you go back mm-hmm. to your headquarters. You have to do another training segment. And a lot of them are very, they're just variations on like swing wide. You know, it's kind of like just re- reiterating yeah. some things that like swing you've kind of been doing for a while. Yeah. They're yeah. very three times. Because, yeah. You have to do it three times. It's like, okay, you showed me the move once and I got it. I don't need to do it three more times to prove that I really got it. It's also yeah. very yeah. Yes, odd. <laughs> to have that little black window with just like the night like the attractive woman just in white just like video of her holding the Wiimote and like sliding it smiling yeah. and you're like do you think this woman really enjoys red steel too like is this something <laughs> yeah. she's passionate about um, it, it is feels- it is odd to throw her in there because it's like well yeah. first it's jarring because it's a it's an fmv like it's an actual human woman who does not look like she belongs in this game at mm. all yeah. And it's it's just very jarring. It's like, are you are yeah. you explaining this to like nursing home residents? Like, are there a lot of yeah. like nanas that are are swinging and yeah. chopping heads off? And it's, it's like, like they threw a Price is Right model in the middle yeah. of your cowboy <laughs> game. Yeah, it's like they couldn't put a vest and a cowboy hat on or or anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on, which, do something. Like, yeah, mm. which I'm just gonna quickly refer to one of my notes, which is um the save icon, which is just a cube with an arrow, and it feels like yeah. a placeholder that never got replaced. Mm. Right, uh, yeah. which is weird because the rest of it never not, nothing else. Nothing else really feels rushed except for like the placeholder save icon, which you think would be a sheriff star or like a, a barrel. Or something. Yeah, classic. Like, when you see this logo, the game is yeah. saving. Do not power and off console. And it's just a cube. 
Yeah. And I've been I think I've been spoiled because I've been playing a little bit of the the Parappa the Rapper series, like leading up to a, a bonus episode coming soon. And uh, oh, yeah. those have some of the best loading screens of all time, you know. So those are those are all like, you know, they they kind of make up with for the frustration of playing that game. But yeah, this so yeah, I can see uh, Metroid Prime style where you like put you you have this weird yellow key that you can sort of yeah. insert into terminals to open the door, and like the door might take, you know. 10 seconds to open during which it's loading the world behind it and then it'll open and show you these gears yeah Mm -hmm. yeah lots of lots of i like a good door covered with gears though there are a lot of those in this i I really like the ones where the you know the loading cutscene is you pushing the door and something takes a really long time so he's like pushing it six seven times to get it open. like (laughs) wow what are these doors made of oh there's some fun ones they really gotta buy time to load yeah. Some of the doors stick and you need to like swing your sword into them to like crack mm-hmm. them open. Those are always fun. Yeah. That's yeah. satisfying. I mean, I I don't mean it to sound facetious, but like the best time I had in this game is just wandering around chopping up boxes and barrels. Like mm-hmm. there there's a lot I I love like looking through little nooks and crannies in games. It's just always been my yeah. thing, looking for little secret passages. This game yeah. has a lot for like a very linear game. Yep. It has a lot of little nooks and crack crannies for you to find. No, that was. um, Oh, go. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that that was like a surprise um, thing that I loved returning to this game is, yeah, all the collectibles and finding stuff. And I think this game does a very good job of just making it very obvious which is Mm. the path to progress the game and which is the path that. Because, you know, sometimes when you're like looking at a mini map like that, you can see two clear paths and you're like, how far do I go down this one before mm. like I backtrack and go down that one to make sure that's not the secret path? Yeah. But I think this one does a very good job of that. And yeah, you have yeah, a, like, and a make generous it... mini map in the bottom that highlights mm. there's like a big green arrow where you yep. need to go. And I guess I, I love linear games, but I found this one pushed it felt like it pushed me with that mini map i just always went where i needed to go and when you go where you need to go the missions are like three minutes long and then you're back to the dojo and i'm like come on game like let me get a sense of pacing here and kind of explore the town Mm -hmm. a little bit like it sounds like based on what steve is saying i could have done that on my own like there was nothing wrong with just going around and exploring but it, it it does the game also like does give you more opportunity like once you're past those first couple of missions like the okay. the spaces open up a little bit and they give you kind of sub quests to sort of motivate you for exploring and looking around uh but if you're not being careful and if you're just kind of following that green arrow like the game wants you to do you could lose access to those mini quests like once you go through a door it'll say this is a point of no return and yeah. if you haven't completed those yeah. things they're gone uh, you know, so it, it, it'll just kind of let you sort of pace it out. But I agree, like, it, it is it is definitely, like, moving you along. And if you don't want to do any backtracking whatsoever, you don't have to in this yeah. game. Like, if you want to just stick to the story, you can just stick to the story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, whereas I'm someone who wants to explore everything so I can get as much extra money as I can, so I can buy as many upgrades as I can, so I can break the game as early as possible Yes, and by being OP. So I yes. did everything. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and I, uh, to the game's I'm, credit, again, they really do a good job of varying um, the things that you find as well. You know, accessing mm-hmm. the different uh, containers and caches and yep. all that sort of stuff. You got ones where you got to shoot the red things in the corners. Got one where you got to slice the ribbon to get, and then the safe cracking one, which oh, I know, love the safe cracking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so great. I you, did you not just... find the safe cracking 
to work at all. I could not really? figure it out. Yeah. Oh Explain man, I, I, me, Steve. I cracked so many safes. I had yeah. fun. Like I literally just uh, held the Wii mode up to my ear, and then you kind of turn it like you're turning the dial of a safe, and you'll hear a little click pop when you pass the like the uh, uh, specific combination, and you have to like kind of be a little specific. Like the game will mm. give you an A button. Like if you're on the yeah. right spot, it'll give you the A button. But I kind of prefer just like listening and safe cracking that way. And I mean, these are all very like if you've played a Wii game, you kind of know these mechanics. There are some switches later where you have to like turn it and hold it at a at a light for a few seconds and then turn yeah. it back. Like, yeah. you know, there there are little motion control touches like this that I find very charming on the Wii. And uh, the safe yeah. cracking was a lot of fun for me. Well, with the safe cracking as well, like that was sort of one of the early promises of the Wii that I thought was unfulfilled is the. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaker within the control and you know one of our favorites no more heroes one Mm. like they use that to a great uh, degree as well where you'd get your phone calls on that Mm. and i didn't discover that until like two hours into the game when i was missing all this uh extra dialogue (laughs) one of the silent hill games on the wii does that as well like where you can get phone calls which is like rad i think that's i think that's so cool it's such an underutilized little feature is that speaker Mm. 100 percent The only other aspect to the gameplay that I found a little bit clunky was the targeting system. So if multiple enemies attack you at the same time, you can essentially only fight one enemy at once. You press the, uh, you know, the trigger button on your left nunchuck to switch Mm -hmm. who you're targeting. But it was occasionally very frustrating. um, Like the auto aim in this game is like unbelievably generous like if you were targeting an enemy and pointing the other way your gun will kind of just pull into them which there was a couple points where i was trying to shoot explosive barrels Mm. like to try and take out many enemies but because i was locked onto an enemy they're like nope you can't shoot that barrel you shoot this Mm. enemy that you selected you selected him you put bullets in him before we let you select someone else (laughs) which i found a little frustrating or like an enemy will come right up in your face and you have someone behind him selected and you try to slash him and it's like, nope, that's not the enemy that you have selected. So your sword will not work on him. Yeah, you have selected enemy A. You will be fighting enemy A and no one else. Now, one of my yeah. big complaints on this is going to be, you know, it's got basically Z-targeting and they pretty much perfected Z-targeting for its introduction on Ocarina of Time. It right. does not work in this game. If you get a little icon, there's an enemy behind you, press Z to turn to them. It never worked. It never worked. Not. See, yeah, it, it worked. Like... It it worked okay for me, but I think my expectation when I'm using a Z targeting is that like you're gonna press and hold Z to like stay locked on to your right. target, and oh. this one you need to do like a quick tap to lock mm. onto it, which feels less responsive and less uh, accurate. Now, uh, for me, it never worked until I got that um, whatever the power up is, where you just do a 360 with your sword hanging out. But oh, it sure. also functions as if you've got um, the guy behind you and it's flashing red. Um, if you do you that same move, yeah, do the classic samurai, you know, swing the sword behind you and just get them in the guts, which was very satisfying when that worked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is worth noting you get to upgrade your abilities as you go throughout oh, the yeah. game, like by holding the A and B button simultaneously for like let it charge for a second, and then you can either slash forward and like try and aim it, so you're throwing an energy wave, or you can stab into the ground and like knock people back. You can uppercut them. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool little mechanics. Some of these are a little hard to figure out. Like, there's one where you have to press yeah. and hold the A button and then thrust the Wiimote and the nunchuck to get forward together at the same mm. time. And that's yeah. supposed to, like, send bullets back to the person shooting in them. I, I was never able to pull that off. 
I just don't think that worked properly because yeah, I did yeah. the same thing. I used that dodge mechanic a lot, that uh, block mechanic a lot, and enemies would sometimes react like they got hit, but it didn't really seem to make a difference. Yeah, there was one, yeah. um, the first Shinjiro fight, I had to spam that a lot. It was the only way I could get a hit on him, which was so disappointing for the second one. Because, yeah, last night yeah. I rolled credits on this game, and I'm like, all right, Shinjiro, I'm ready. It's our second yeah. battle, and I, like, <laughs> defeated him so quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How Sometimes was your they midpoint? do that. Yeah, the midpoint they'll, they'll fight hype was up. Yeah, yeah, they'll hype up, like, uh, guys coming out. They'll be, like, just one guy charging at you. He'll get a little cutscene saying, oh, this is thug. Yep. Gamma and he's super scary, and then yeah. he charges at you. You shoot him once in the head, and he's dead. Yep. <laughs> Which is satisfying in like a Raiders of the Lost oh, yeah. Ark kind of way. Like you know, I'm Harrison <laughs> Ford. I've got the flu. I don't want to bother with this. You know, it's yeah. got that kind of mechanic. Uh, I will say overall, I did find the shooting much more satisfying than the sword play. And the sword play isn't bad, but I feel like my my go to move. Frantic. It's very frantic, and my go-to move was just to do the wide swings because that's going to cut through armor. That's going to knock people back. That's going to kind of do everything you need to do. And maybe it's just me. I did not really play defensively, and I didn't feel like I needed to. Like, the game has a mechanic. You hold the A button, you hold up your, your Wiimote, and you can block incoming swords. And it's it's pretty accurate. It's pretty responsive. Uh, mm -hmm. But I just didn't need to use it. You know, I could just hack them down. Well, they, I don't know. You defeat whenever you defeat a group of enemies of this game. Like there might be five enemies that come at you. Like they come in packs, and if you yeah. take like almost enough damage to die, but you beat them all, your life will totally refill. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. essentially, as long as you don't die within that one fight, so there's there isn't much incentive to be like I got to play defensive to conserve my life for this boss battle that comes later. Yeah. You just kind of like exactly. yeah, as long as I mow them down before they get me, I'll just be at full health again. I'll say the only times it really felt limiting to have uh, would be when there were like multiple enemies with machine guns because then you had no option mm. but to block until you got your chance to shoot or dash at them. And it's like, I've got this full array of moves and I can only use like two of them. Right. So you guys, you can block bullets with your swords? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but with the machine guns, uh, it does get to a point where like the block won't work anymore and they'll break through your guard. Yeah, those fucking minigunners. Oh, oh, I hate the minigunner guys. Like, yeah, especially because... This is a mechanic. I think that this mechanic works pretty well here, but in general, it's a difficult one to sell me on, which is like the the quick sidestep when you're in a first person shooter. Uh, yeah. This one works okay. It works okay in like Metroid Prime, but I think this is a it, it's a tricky thing to pull off in a satisfying way. And a lot of enemies in this game require you to like do that move to get behind them to access yeah. their weak spots. So like. I, I never really had a problem with it. it. It is just a mechanic in general that I have uh, mm. struggles with. Yep. No, those big guys with the hammers as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. Mm. You know, and sometimes it, you do enough damage and, like, uh, you'll get an icon on the screen to let you do a finishing move. So you can either, like, mm -hmm. stab a guy or, like, stab him on the ground. Or, you know, there's lots of lots of cool little ways to take people out. Um, yep. Yeah, and, and uh, coming back to that badass moment that I was talking about before, because a game does reward you when you chain... Uh, the moves that you've learned together. You don't mm -hmm. just use the swings or whatever. You combine the special Kusagari powers. Yeah. And yeah, getting yeah $4,000 off one enemy is very like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I do that. And let's not gloss over it. Any game that lets you knock an enemy into the sky with a sword, leap up to meet them, crouching mm -hmm. tiger hidden dragon their ass for a little bit, and then land on them with your blade down, that's already getting like an extra star just purely for that. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, the aesthetic is really fun and they really kind of lean into all that goofiness. Like, and I I will say the, the gunplay felt fantastic. Like I felt so cool. Just like knocking off headshots like left and right and, and weirdly looking for those little sheriff stars that are hidden up in the environment. It was one of my favorite activities just because I like, I like sharpshooting in games and this feels very responsive and very accurate. Well, I was going to ask with that as well. Uh, did you mess around with any of the other guns in the game? Because you get four. You get yeah. Four. Yeah. So there's like a basic pistol. There's like a sawed off shotgun for close range. There's a Tommy gun. And then there's like a, a longer range shotgun. Yeah. Uh, yeah and they're, they're all fun. Uh, they're, all, they're all really responsive. And it's good to break them out for different reasons. Mm. Like sometimes the really heavily armored guys, like your pistol won't do anything to them, but your sawed off might like stagger them for a minute, like, which is kind of yeah. all you need. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you are limited on ammo for all the other three guns, but I never even came close to running out of ammo on my pistol. And I'll be honest, I spent a lot of time just walking around shooting boxes. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I've, I felt very wasteful that I would go into a room full of ammo boxes and just shoot them all. But it's like, you know, what am I got? What, you know, I'm about to replenish. Like, what is it? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I ever dropped below 50 bullets for that thing. And I was using it a lot. So they're very generous with the ammo. No, that was actually right at the heart of what I didn't like about the extra guns is that there's not enough ammo for the other three. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially, yeah, the um, because, yeah, you chew through it with the Tommy gun. I didn't use the long range one. And yeah, the sort of shotgun only has two rounds. So uh, to have it uh, loaded in your uh, gear when you're going into a battle is just a bad idea. No, like no. We have to remember, because um, I remember this from my first playthrough, is if you fully upgrade the shotgun, you can shoot armor off, and that is dope. Oh, that is right. cool. That is cool. Yeah, by, so by the end of the game, you know, you get a heavily armored enemy running at me, and like, bam, bam, now you don't have armor, and your head's gone. But also, I will I will quibble slightly with the store system in this because like there are mm. there are shops where you can like upgrade your sword or your guns or your armor, but they're not all in the same place. Yeah. And you don't always have access to all three of them at the same time. Like so, you might yeah you might be doing a series of quests where you'll only be able to upgrade your armor. And if your up- armor is all the way upgraded, then there's like fuck all you can do. But you know, it would be nice if there was one centralized kind of store mm-hmm. like. Uh, mechanic that you can use here yeah the money in this game is very weird in the sense that like the last room before the last boss has like a whole bunch of extra cash in it you can't spend it there's a certain point yeah. where you, i finished the game with 300k because i just couldn't yeah. get to a store and it's like it feels that feels like an oversight and similarly the um challenge mode where you can get more money is pointless because some of them don't unlock until the game is over and then yeah. you get more cash to do nothing with and some of them, like, I upgraded my sword in one sitting. Like, I had acquired enough money just from playing through the game that, like, by the time I realized you could upgrade the sword, I just fully upgraded it, and it was oh, good yeah. to go. Like, you know, so it's it's pretty easy to max yourself out quickly. Yeah, that was the annoying thing to me, especially because, yeah, you don't get the armor store until quite later into the game. I think it's, like, the second uh, place that you go to, even. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, oh, and I got absolutely ripped off by the extra life cards which i didn't realize were a one-time thing i thought that was a permanent fix but no (laughs) oh wait so what is that okay i was confused by that too because i felt like i bought you max out your armor and it says extra life and then i died and i'm like wait i thought i had an extra life like wait what's that uh, health bar okay all right no the cards like when you die um you got four cards you can either um uh relive what's the word i'm looking for come Resurrect. back alive 
resurrect. There we go. Uh, with either twenty five, fifty, seventy five, or a hundred percent health. But they're oh. just a one. They're just a one time deal. Like okay, okay. I feel like we played different games all of a sudden because <laughs> my extra life gave me like a red health bar on top of my white health bar, and then uh, that was after oh. the armor was gone. I didn't get any cards. I mean, I died a couple of times towards the end after I'd bought everything in the health shop. So yeah, well, no, because that. there's there's two di- two different health bars that you get on top of your normal one. You get mm. the red one, which um, I think was from the Kusagari emblems, and then. Um, you get like the steel armor bar on mm-hmm. top of that, which is from the clothing armor. armor. Yeah, yeah. And then the extra life things is what happens when you select the hat. Oh, BT, I think right. I know what happened. You you played yeah. Bloody Tungsten, uh, uh, which is a, a, a third spiritual kind of successor but to this one. It's just shockingly so. similar, except for this one part. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's the one thing they changed. My question to you guys, and I think that this is kind of the mentality I've taken into our Wii U show. Just because you know you gotta you gotta find a thing to keep you going when you're playing a bunch of Wii U games, but I think <laughs> the same the same thought press, process applies to the Wii because mm. both the Wii and Wii U are consoles that are created with a specific promise. Like with the with the Wii, it's like you'll feel like you're in the game and you're like getting physical activity and you're it's more mm. immersive because you're swinging around you know and with the wii u it's like okay you're having asymmetric gameplay it gives you a whole basically i mm. guess they both give you whole new gameplay experiences that can only be had on that console and i i don't think there's a lot of wii games that kind of live up to the wii's promise like yeah. there, there's great games on the wii but like super mario galaxy would be pretty fun on any system oh yeah um, so, do you think that Red Steel Two, like the last game, last Wii game that you had us play, House of the Dead Overkill, I think mm-hmm. very much lives up to the Wii, uh, the Wii promise because it's yeah, you point, it's intuitive, it works very well. Uh, do you think Red Steel Two lives up to the promise of the Wii? One of the closest it gets, I think. Uh, whether or not it achieves that, it's those sticking points that you know. That's what any the the smallest thing can break immersion. And uh, this, is, yeah. this is full of a lot of small things that will break. Like when the gunplay is great, it's amazing. I had to recalibrate a bunch because sometimes it just wouldn't point forward. Um, which again, when you go into a menu and have to use that uh, unaligned Wii mode to select, please align was very frustrating. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a problem where, that got better with like Wii Sports Resort mm-hmm. where like you just press down on the D-pad or something to realign uh, your remote, but yeah, it was one of the earliest games using Motion Plus. They didn't have that infrastructure, so yeah, exactly. yeah I had a couple of, of annoying moments like that where, yeah, you have to yeah. go in, all the way into the pause menu to get that. I, yeah, I had moments like... where I, I had to recalibrate because my dog walked in front of the TV, and like the <laughs> a fluffy tail was enough to like completely make my, my reticle go wonky, so yeah. yeah. But uh, like Elliot said, when this thing is firing all cylinders, it's pretty damn great. Uh, yeah it's just it's very easy for one of those cylinders to slip out though yeah and you know for all the praise i've been giving it today i still think it's only like a seven or an eight out of ten you know speaking of the puppy uh breaking the immersion of the podcast now (laughs) 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 uh but yeah i still believe this is like a seven or an eight out of ten game and yeah that's kind of another reason why i brought it because you know i think these sort of games are way more interesting to talk about Mm. than the 10 out of 10s you know yeah, yeah, no, and I'm sitting here gushing about it. Yeah, I I got surprisingly drawn into it as somebody who does not like to play Wii games in my free time. Like, yeah, I don't know because it's just it's so frustrating. <laughs> like, 
I was like really drawn into it. And I'm like, this, this is fast. This is fun. It's like lighthearted. It's not too uh, uh, mm. difficult or complicated. And there's lots of little shiny things for me to go around and look for. Like, <laughs> I think it's perfectly satisfying. And I don't think it's very long, right? Like you said, like I'm, I'm at like a train station thing. You said that was maybe roughly the midway point. It's like maybe a th- I'm three hours in, something like that, three or four. Yeah, I'd say it's a 10 or 15 hour game at most, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. It's perfectly digestible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also the art style as well, which I don't mm. think we've really gotten into. I think, oh, yeah. you know, because there is some jankiness, you know, the anti aliasing and jagged edges and all that, but like the cell shading style really helps make this game not age as badly as certainly oh, yeah. a lot of Wii titles yeah yeah definitely yeah and yeah. I, I was noticing that i was like this is uh this is like one year after borderlands the first one came out and i feel like they're definitely going for a similar vibe but it's not a vibe that i'm mad about like i i mm. i pretty much always like cell shading like i have to yeah i don't know like it, there's never a point where i'm like oh okay well that that's useless you know it, it's it's just a nice little bit of style, and I agree. It helps things kind of age a little bit better, you know, because everything just looks like a cartoon, you know? Yeah, and it just helps sell that kind of pulpy comic book aesthetic. That's, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I absolutely do not want, like, a lot of realistic, like, gore or, or storylines or anything going on in a game no. like this. Like, I, I don't want to have to be thinking too much as I'm going, like, I'm, like, whapping my nunchuck cord into the coffee table. Like, so that's yeah, a good point. This game is very bloodless. Yeah, it no. is, yeah. It surprisingly is for a game called Red Steel, and uh, I think this one is T rated. The first one was M rated, uh, so I think they they kind of pared yeah. that back a little bit. I don't know if maybe that was just the Wii, like kind of playing to its audience a little bit or not. But uh, yeah, it, it is pretty just tame. Ooze yellow goo, like you'll stab them, stab them. Like it's kind of this game is kind of vicious in some of it. Yeah, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of finishing moves where you'll like a guy will oh, be yeah. on the ground and you'll like strike down and push your sword into them but usually yeah they just kind of ooze a yellow goo mm. that doesn't yeah it's is not really they don't lose leave many remains no it's like marvel levels of like you know violence yeah, yeah. it's it's uh yeah 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 it's it's action it's not violence well the the yeah. one thing to note is that uh it, it does seem like the series is dead uh i think mm-hmm. you know they did have the problem of like yeah you know, yeah everybody played red steel one but nobody really liked it and so it was a hard sell to package Red Steel 2 uh, in a way that, like, people would would go out for. And even with, it, it got really strong reviews at the time, and a lot of people mm. were really praising the the motion controls and the Wii Motion Plus. Yeah, I got curious, and I did look up reviews from the time. They're all 7.8s. So yeah, they're, yeah, they're all very yeah. strong, Where whereas, like, Red Steel 1 was all, like, 4s and 5s. So, you know, it's a pretty good improvement. Uh, but, yeah, this one kind of underperformed. Uh, there were still kind of rumors about a Part 3 coming out, uh, maybe for the Wii U. But you know what? I don't think it's going to happen, uh, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm starting to doubt it. The weird thing about that one, like, when they were talking about it, is uh, this Red Steel 3 is going to utilize the Vitality Sensor, which, uh, oh, for those who didn't know, I don't know if... I don't think this ever came out. Maybe it came out in Japan. Uh, did it come out in Australia? Did you guys get this? I don't know what it is. So. It's Elliot. it's basically you you clip it into the bottom of your Wii remote and then you it's it's a it's a, uh, a pulse oximeter or whatever like you you clip you put it on your finger and it measures your blood rate or your uh, ah, pulse. Right. Uh, mm. And it was going to be for like health games and like Wii Fit and stuff like that. So uh, I don't know what it would have done or how that would have been conducive to like swinging mm. this around with this thing attached to your finger. <laughs> like what do you? I don't know what you're doing. But, no, it's uh, such an odd, like, 
a weird idea to even get to uh, I think it even got to the prototype stage and I think they built like a Tetris game around yeah. it as well that like what uh realized yeah, when Nintendo you were stretched 64 stay calm yeah right there's yeah. there's yeah the way it works on Nintendo 64 I think I talked about this briefly is as, it's just Tetris but as your heart rate goes up the blocks start falling faster, which seems yeah. very oh, cruel. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's kind of messed up. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, so that would never really happen, and I I mm. doubt we're ever going to see a Red Steel revival. You know, yeah. like and and like you brought up a good point. Like I think this kind of has to live just with this era. Like I don't see any modern consoles embracing motion control the way the Wii and the Wii U did, uh, mm. you know, because we've we've all kind of gotten past that. And I think if there are going to be motion controls, they're going to be much more uh, subtly integrated. Well, uh, like, so, this would be in VR, you know? Like, I think VR... Yeah. Yeah. VR would be a good place for it. But yeah. And, I mean, that would be fine, but, like, this game is... doesn't really have a lot going... Like, it's fun to play, but it's just kind of like the point of this series was like, yeah, we're the shooter slash sword game for the Wii. Like, I yeah. don't think any of these characters sort of stand out or people aren't like, I no. really want to go back and visit this world, even though there yeah. should be more Cowboy Ninja games. Oh, definitely. Um, it, it, it's just like, the this is the game that you got for the Wii because you wanted to slash and shoot dudes. Yeah, Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm, I'm having a really good time slashing and shooting. And I think, you know, I'm close enough to the end. I'm going to knock it out. I'm going to uh, finish this game probably tonight. No, absolutely. Um, and it was like really satisfying in that way to yeah roll credits on this one. And like my arm is still hurting. And yeah. Like, <laughs> need to apply some deep heat after that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, helping my family refinish a floor all weekend. So I oh. spent all day like, sanding this floor and then i'm like i went down and play red steel and like take wide swings and i'm like (laughs) i I had to literally take an ibuprofen to be able to play red steel (laughs) well thank you guys so much for thank you guys so much for being here and for uh for bringing Mm -hmm. forward this game um can you tell people a little bit about what you're working on where they can find your your stuff yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, longtime fans know that uh, we do the Simpsons Index. We're reviewing Simpsons from all the eras, and we also did a podcast called Thrones of Game, where we reviewed Game of Thrones backwards. But what else have we done, BT? Well, if you enjoy pulpy aesthetics in your media, you can check out Pulp Fury Radio, which is a, a scripted a podcast where we take all original stories and put them in uh, classic pulp classic pulp genres like noir mystery uh and fantasy and horror and uh yeah have a little have a little story in those i have still never figured out how to plug this properly because there's a lot of things to explain <laughs> at once um but yeah we're working on our second season of that now and uh, if you want to you know something that's you know a bit of fiction in your podcasting check out pulpfuryradio.com or pulp fury radio in your podcatcher amazing all right. That was a pretty smooth plug. That was pretty, pretty good. I, that was quite I good. Yeah. A lot. yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a lot of concepts, and I never get them all out smoothly. We should no, do a Cowboy Ninja it. one for season two. Yeah. Ooh, do it's it. We're, yes. we're bringing it back. <laughs> I love it. Cowboy World Ninja musical. Steel. Hell yeah. <laughs> 
Well, thank you guys again so much for being here. Uh, if you would like to hear yourself on this episode, on this show with us playing a game of your choice, you can go to patreon.com slash ultra 64 pod, sign up at the top tier and uh, then pick out a game and, and be as nice to us as these gentlemen have been uh, and, and let us play some fun, uh, enjoyable games. So, all right, everybody. Well, we will see you next time. Uh, Ninja sound. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, ninjas don't make sounds, Steve. Oh, that's, that's right. Okay, let me try again. That was it. That was the ninja sound just there. That was the ninja sound. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, bye, everybody.